0: Pray together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, we are here today, and we lift up the service to you, God. We give you all the glory and honor. I pray, God, that you would just take hold of this service from the beginning to the end, that we would not be distracted or sidetracked by the things that's happening around us. But, Lord, may we put our focus wholeheartedly, our mind, our soul, everything, our being, Lord, may it be in line with your heart, O oh God. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and have your way within our hearts, O oh God. If there's anything, anything that is not pleasing to you, I pray you bring conviction I pray, God, that you bring holiness and that you bring guidance to our hearts, O oh God. Lord, let us be in line with you, O oh Lord. And I pray, God, right now as you transition to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my hearts, Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. For, God, you are our rock and you are God, our, our redeemer. So, God, we surrender everything to you. Speak to us, God. For, God, we desire your presence more than anything else more than bread and more than riches of this world we desire your word and your truth more than anything god so god come and encounter us may we encounter you may we encounter the living god may not be just another Feeling, emotional experience that we go through we come to church and we leave the same way that we came but Lord may be transformed every single day sanctified renewed by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we have been saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ by the cross by the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ because God you live we live so God may our sins be washed not because of our own righteousness but because of your righteousness upon us, O oh God. So we surrender ourselves to you. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray, amen and amen. We're going to be continuing our authentic Christian Christianity series. And for today's title, it's going to be called When Resources Run Out. Jonathan introduced, when resources run out. What do we do as Christians when we run out of resources? What do we do when we are in a limited source of resources, when we don't have everything we need for us, when we feel like we don't have what it takes, we don't have the resources, the money, the things, the items, the buildings, to do God's work? And that is what today's passage is going to focus on when resources run out. And we're going to talk a little bit about Jonathan, Jonathan introduced. So starting with 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 16 to 22, the title says, Israel without weapons, Israel without weapons. They're living in a time of war. You need weapons to fight. If you do not have weapons as a nation, then you have nothing. So it says this, starting in verse 16, chapter 13. Saul and his son Jonathan and the men with them were staying in Gibeah and Benjamin, while the Philistines camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp in three detachments. Again, this is not the Israelites, the Israel army. This is the Philistines' army, the enemy of God's people. they so say they sent three detachments. So, for example, if you ever watch the movie 300, if you remember the name of the special, special force, you know, the soldiers that they that came out, they were wearing the white mask. They were known as, they were called the immortals, right? So these people, these groups, these detachments, they were known as AKA destroyers. So these are special forces. These are stronger Army, the soldiers. So it says one turned towards Ophrah in the vicinity of Shu'al, another toward Beth Horon, and the third toward the borderland overlooking the valley of Zeboim, facing the wilderness. Verse 19 Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel, because the Philistines had said otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plow points and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goats. Verse 22, so on the day of the battle... Not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son, Jonathan, had them. So we see the contrast and the difference between these two armies. The Philistines were sophisticated. They had the weapons. They had the irons. They had the blacksmiths. The Israelites, they had to actually go to the enemy. Imagine having to go to your enemy to help with your weapons, to sharpen your weapons, and they would put a high price to sharpen, and it's not even weapons. It's things that you use for farming, tools. And it was unfair, the monopoly that the Philistines had. So we see a huge contrast here. It's like a huge, humongous, giant, megachurch versus a tiny little church on the side who has about three members, and maybe they're renting a tent. They don't even have a building. So we see a huge difference between these two nations. The context, the Israelites had no real weapons. They used tools as weapons, plot points, mattocks, axes, sickles. They would bring it to their enemies to get it sharpened. The Philistines had monopoly on the blacksmiths and the use of iron. Again, they use iron as metal back then. That was the strongest metal that they had. It's kind of like when we see organizations having monopoly over everything, like Amazon or UFC or whatever, right? They have monopoly over everything. And we learn from this passage that the Israelites were charged ridiculous high amounts of money to sharpen their tools and weapons. It was not a fair war, not a fair fight. And this demoralized the Israelites, and they felt inferior to their enemy, the Philistines. Have you ever felt inferior in your life with your peers, Inferior at your work or with your friends. And this is what was happening to the Israelites. They felt inferior. Let's continue on, chapter 13. Just focusing on verse 23. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. Going to chapter 14 now, in verse 1. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, Come! Let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. That's important here. He did not tell his father. So we see right away that him and his father is not an ideal father and son relationship. They were not close. Jonathan did not agree with his father Saul with his ways. Verse 2, Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah, under a pomegranate tree in Megron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother Ahitub, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. Now when you read this, it just kind of goes over your head. just to make it simple for you to understand, in verse 2 and 3, it just means that, uh, so there's a priest named Ahiah and he's the grandson or the great-grandson of Eli, right? He's the grandson of Eli. He just continue on with the priestly uh, work. When, an if-ah, when, it says, when there's an ifad in the Bible, it's like a vest that they wear, that priest, remember, uh, Samuel had the little ephod, and then the mom, when he would wear it, only priests would wear that. So that's just what's saying in verse 2 and 3. Let's continue on verse 4. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Seneh. One cliff stood to the north toward Mash, the other to the south toward Gebab. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come. Let's go over to the outpost of those unsuccricized men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. In verse 6, we see the courage of Jonathan, the faith of Jonathan, the contrast between Saul and Jonathan. He went to each other area, and what happened? It was a cliff. There's no way for him to, when you, actually, when you go on a hike, when you see a cliff, you turn back. You don't think about going down the cliff or he will die. One wrong slip, one picture, remember that time in the Philippines, we would take pictures on the rocks, and I'd be like, oh, be careful. Ronnie would be like, ooh, and then the wind is coming, ooh. It's like one little step, like he would fall, and no more Ronnie. It was for him to turn around, and it was for him to say, God, it is impossible it's a losing battle but he said to his young armor bearer come let's go let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men perhaps the lord will act in our behalf nothing can hinder the lord from saying from saving whether by many or by few and look what this young armor bearer says he says do all that you have in mind his armor bearer said go ahead. I am with you heart and soul. A loyal individual. A faithful individual. Verse 8, Jonathan said, come on then. We'll cross over toward them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them show themselves to the Philistine outpost, looks at the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. Again, this was a phrase. The holes that they are hiding in is not the best term. It was not the best term, but this was a term used by the Gentile nations to describe the Israelites, meaning they're like rats. They're like nobody. They're not even human beings. They saw Israelites as lesser people. The man of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, we will teach you a lesson. So Jonathan sent to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor-bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Verse 15, the title says, Israel routs the Philistines. Routes means defeats. Verse 15, then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field, and those in the outpost and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Saul's lookouts at Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who are with him, muster the forces and see who has left us. When they did, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer who were not there. Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God. Again, at the time, it was not with the Israelites. While Saul was talking to the priest. The tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Why would Saul tell the priest to withdraw your hand? This is not a sign, a good sign of faith. It seems like the Israelites are winning, but he's saying, he's telling Ahijah, the priest, stop, withdraw your hand, stop it. Let's not go to God. That's what he's saying. Verse 20, then Saul and all his men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. Those Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines and had gone up with them to their camp went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites were hidden in the hill country of Ephraim, heard that the Philistines were on the run. They joined the battle in hot pursuit. So on that day, the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on. Beyond Beth Avon. I mean, this is an amazing story here because we see a shift that these people were fighting within themselves. They were destroying one another on their own. They didn't even really need to fight. Jonathan and the armor bearer, all they had to do was take a step of faith. They were climbing up, and as they're climbing up, I don't know what they're thinking, and they're like, oh, and then they're doing this with the sword, they're falling on the cliff. And then God brings confusion and fight, inside fighting within the Philistines' camp. And they fight one another. And they win the battle, not out of their own strength, but because of God. And this reminds me of us, especially chapter 13. When I read this, it reminds me of us, our history, no power no resources back in 2018. You know, when we were called by God to become an independent church, reminder when we met outside in gazebos to pray for morning prayer, summer, winter, having service in the dojo, which was a blessing, Andy smiling, meeting inside cafes to pray. Uh, Sometimes the music would be so loud And then we would do our journaling, parking lots, inside the cars to pray. And we did everything we could to hold on to God. And this was the same thing, humble beginning for the Israelites, humble beginnings for us, and now we are here. Not that we have anything anyway, it's God's, and all belongs to God. But they had no weapons, no resources, nothing, nada. But they were able to win this miraculous battle. How could they? It was impossible. They had no weapons. They only have forks, knives—not even knives, just right mattocks, the thing that you use pickaxe, axes, things that you use for farming. How could they ever beat an army again? The destroyers, right? These were the special forces of the Philistines army but they go ahead, in the end, they come out victorious. So starting with point number one, pause, reflect on his goodness. Pause, reflect on his goodness. Again, the title is called, When Resources Run Out. We pause and we reflect on his goodness. My God is not limited. And as faithful he has been, faithful he is, faithful you are God, and faithful you will be. We must take a moment to reflect, pause, reflect in the goodness of God. Right? It's like the song that we just sang. Your plans are still to prosper, Right, you have not forgotten us, you're faithful forever. Perfect in love, you are sovereign over who? Us, faithful. God is faithful. Faithful you are, and faithful you will be, and faithful you have been. Deuteronomy 32, 7 says, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. God reminds the Israelites over and over again to remember the former generation, the people that I have been faithful, your forefathers whom I have been faithful to. Remember the faithfulness of who I am. Remember the days of old. Consider, pause, reflect on his goodness. Psalm 44 says, We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days. In days long ago, it's like we sit by the fireplace, we hear from our parents, our family members, of how faithful God has been in their generation. And therefore, trust them, son. Trust Him, daughter. Trust Him, son. Because faithful He has been to us, faithful He will be to you in your generation. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there's none like me the present situation was bad they were in a very bad place chapter 13 verse 19 to 22 it says not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears but in fact they were actually afraid the Philistines were afraid They knew how powerful the Hebrews were. Yes, they did not have the weapons. Yes, they did not have the resources. But they knew the potential that they had because they had God on their side. They were afraid. Otherwise, the Hebrews will make swords or spears. Those are fearful phrases, fearful words. They're afraid of of the Israelites. Why? They have all the weapons. What are they afraid of? They have all the power. They have the monopoly. What are they afraid of? Verse 20, So all Israel went down, to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. Again, these are tools used for farming. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plow points and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goats. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Two individuals and weapons were the only ones who had true weapons. No resources, no weapons. And later we're going to sing this song as our reflection song. And I thought that the words, the lyrics were a blessing. So let me just go ahead and read real quick just so we become familiar later when we sing. When all was silent in the shadow of death, and when your song was on my every breath, in every trial, in every circumstance, you've always been faithful. When doubt had looked me up in winter's night, when certainty thawed the cold and sprung new life, in every season Christ in me abides, you've always been faithful, you've always been faithful. I trust you, Jesus, I trust you, Jesus. In all my days, in every way, you've always been faithful. When I was lost and dead in my grave, You stepped into my death to take my place. Then raised me from the dirt and birth of grace. You've always been faithful. You've always been faithful. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. You've always been faithful. Now when I'm helpless, watching treasures fade or standing in wonder at the house you've raised, I know you're good to give and good to take. You've always been faithful. You'll always be faithful. And I love the line, you've always been faithful and you will always be faithful. Going back to the prayer, the psalm that I read in the beginning of the message, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, this was a psalm written by David. I like nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's what they were facing here. Saul And Jonathan, the son, and the rest of the army, they were going against a monster, a gigantic monster that they knew that they could not beat. But Jonathan went out in faith. They had no weapons. But they went and they trusted in the goodness of God, in the providence of God. So again, pause and reflect on His goodness. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Do not be discouraged by your limited resources. Talking to young people, and I hear this often, and I've heard this so many times when we go to retreats or missions, people say, oh, I don't have the funds. I don't have the finances. I don't think I can go. Never be stopped because of money. Money is nothing. God is the giver of all things. And by faith, God will provide always, always, no matter what. Do not be discouraged. Do not be hindered. Do not be discouraged, dismayed by your limited resources. Never be restricted. Discouraged by your limited resources. No matter what, in the kingdom of God, you always aim high. You always aim high and you swing high and you walk high, knowing that God is the one that provides for all things. I don't mean that kind of high, I didn't mean to say it that way. But we keep our standards high in God. There's always more than enough, there's always leftover in the kingdom of God. In the feeding of the 4,000, there were how many baskets left over? 12 and 7 representing the Gentile nation and 12 representing the Israel, the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 baskets left over. In chapter 13, verse 19 to 22 says this, not a blacksmith, again, I'm reading this again, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The prices was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plow points and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goats. So on the day of the battle... Not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son, Jonathan, had them. I'm saying this over and over again, verse 19 to 22, just to remind us once again. to not be discouraged by our limited resources. Do not be discouraged by the current situation or the circumstances that we're in. You must ask yourself, do you not know, do I not know how big my God is? Do I not know how amazing my God is? I gave an example even in the beginning. We have 4 or 5 p.m. service in the past. 8 a.m. service in the past. And while we're having our EM service, there are people playing ping pong outside right outside in the, ki- in the kitchen area. And that's the only way where you can go to the bathroom. And a lot of times, we have to even go around outside to use the bathroom because they will make walls because they don't want the balls to go out of, out of bounds. And they will literally take tables and they will literally make, make barricades. It's like a bunch of like little kids that I see in rooms where they get in trouble upstairs. They will make... Barricades. Sometimes these kids would flip tables and put chairs and they would make fortresses. I'd be like, what are you doing? Put these tables back. They're like, we're just having fun. We're just doing this. These are grown, young men. They would make barricades to stop the ping pong balls. And they would keep the people from being able, our members, to be able to go to use the bathroom. I mean, we have, we've gone through some ridiculous things. And then when, we, when you walk, they'd be like this. Because you're introducing. <laughs> Interrupting their game. I mean, we've been through many different things. told right? dojo, the blessing, you know. The location, 8 a.m. service being limited. Talked about gazebos, morning prayer in cars, winter, summer. And at the same time, we never complained. We did everything we could. We went on missions. What, what did we not do that was different? What stopped us? Nothing. We did nursing home faithfully. The konsang names they had no idea what was happening. They would ask and, and they would ask again the next week because I don't think they I mean the next month because I, I don't think they're really listening. But we would never go and complain. Oh, please, can you help us with offering? Can you please? We had more than enough left over to be a blessing, to be able to give donation, even to Life Reach missions. What do we lack as a church? And I'm sure all of us, we have our own personal stories of how faithful God has been to us. Faithful he has been, faithful he is, and faithful he will be. Reminder that my God is the creator, the originator, and the giver of all things that there's nothing that we lack amen? amen what do we say in the beginning the lord is my shepherd and what does he say i lack nothing i lack nothing i lack nothing even though i walk through the darkest valley i will fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they come me. Why? Because he's our shepherd. The shepherd is the one that carries the rod and the staff. And when enemies come, when wolves come, they will go and smack the wolf. They will protect the sheep. Not only will he protect the sheep, he will feed the sheep. It says in verse 5, you prepare a table before me. Anoint my head with oil, my cup. It's not just enough, but it overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this only applies for those who remain in the Lord, who will continue to walk with him. If not, that doesn't apply to you. Yes, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. This only applies to those who are in Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ is my shepherd, the originator, the giver, the creator of all things. Again, what was point number two? Do not be discouraged by your limited resources. Amen. And last point, point number three. Stand courageous. Take action. Stand courageous plus Take action. So again, just going back from point one, two, three. Number one, pause plus reflect on his goodness. Do not be discouraged. Number two, do not be discouraged by your limited resources. And number three, stand courageous plus take action. Meaning, stand in courage plus walk in action. It's not just enough to be courageous but you must take action. What will you do when you're faced and when you're in the midst of fear? Will you act upon that courage? Will you just feel courageous and do nothing? You must take action. Walk in action. For the Lord walks with us. Let's go to chapter 14, verse 1. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, Come, come. Let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Again, that phrase, the other side, is important because if you remember in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus, he goes to the other side, when he goes in the region of Gerasenes, we see when Jesus, he says, He tells his disciples, it says, when evening came, let us go over to the other side. And then they go ahead and they encounter a storm that nearly kills them. Meaning it takes faith. Where Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Right? The disciples were afraid. Why are you afraid? Verse 40. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Jonathan is showing what it means to have faith. Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father, for he knew his father was not with him. His father did not share the same heart. Be careful who you share your plans to, because many of them will not be on your side. They will not have the same heart as you. They will actually discourage you, especially when it comes to following God, when it comes to, to the things of God. You don't need to share everything to your family members and everybody. I mean, we, we should if we're able, but if they continue to discourage you and attack you for your faith, then be wise who you share this kind of information to. We must be wise. But in this case, Jonathan, he trusted his friend. And this friend was a young armor bearer. He didn't even have a name. But we know from the story that he was a faithful individual. He was a loyal individual. So two so points for us here. Letter A, step out in faith. When I say stand courageous, take action, I mean step out in faith. I'm talking about action. Step out, even if it's by yourself. Take a step of faith, leap of faith, take it. And B, this is important, step out in faith, what? With faithful companions. With faithful companions. Step out in faith with faithful companions. Companions. Many times uh, we feel like we're alone, but God will always send faithful companions to, be, to do the work together for the kingdom of God. Sometimes you may be by yourself, but you will not be by yourself for too long, for God will send people, fellow workers for the kingdom of God, to work together. And in this case, there was only one. He didn't even have a weapon. Uh, There was only one sword. Jonathan was the one that was carrying it. Saul had the other one, but he could not trust his father. And we see the relationship between Jonathan and Saul. But Jonathan trusted his young armor bearer. Chapter 14, verse 6 to 7, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor-bearer said. You guys should name your son armor-bearer. Do all that you have in mind, his armor-bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. We see none of this, none of this courage, this faith in the Israel's king, Saul. But we see it in Jonathan, and we see it in this young individual, young armor bearer. Jonathan's father, unfortunately, was not the person that Jonathan could rely on, which goes on to show us that in our walk in our Christian faith, We cannot always depend on family, right? They have to be on the same page, in the same kingdom mindset as you. We cannot just depend on family just because they're family. They must have the same mindset in the kingdom of God. Jonathan knew that his father was not the person to step out in faith with. But he knew that this young, well, maybe he didn't know, but he took a step of faith. And God sent this young armor bearer. And without this young armor bearer, Jonathan could not have accomplished this mission. Because Jonathan took a step of faith, God brought confusion within the walls of the enemy or the Philistine's army. So just like us, may we not be quick to seek revenge on people from our past, just let it be. For God will fight our battles. Maybe they will cause an inner turmoil within that camp or within that church. But that is not our place. We remain faithful in what we're doing right now. But we must fight the good fight. Finding the right people with the same mentality, same faith to fight the battle with. Amen? Amen. Philippines Church, Life Reach Church, Oregon Church, Nursing Home, Konsanims, Elders, I thank each and every single one of them for remembering us and for praying for us. Yes, we may not be many. We may not be big in the eyes of this world. But faithful our Lord is. Amen? When resources run out, when resources run out, what would we do? Would we shrink back, be controlled, be dictated by what we have, by what we don't have? Are we going to go in faith and know that God will provide and he is the provider of all things? Closing with this. When When we do the Lord's work, the Lord will send faithful people, faithful workers to work with us so many people in this world they're all about networking and they like having networks they choose quantity over quality I'd rather have one or two quality friends than 10 or 20 or hundreds of friends on social media I choose substance rather than emptiness what do you want what do you value You must choose quality over quantity. May we be people of God that chooses quality. Jesus used 12 individuals, 12. Think about that number, 12. To use them for his kingdom and for his glory. I pray that we will find people of quality around us. Right, And Paul, he goes on. Paul mentions all these individuals that were faithful people. He mentions them by name. He says, Apollos, Barnabas, Silas, Aristarchus, Luke, Asyncritus, Hermes, Julia, Philogos, Aquila, Prisca, Gaius, Lydia, those from the house of Phoebe, of Chloe, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, or Philemon, I always wonder which one is the right one. Unsimus or Winnessimus, Ruth, disciples, the apostles, and these individuals, they banded together. The true, the original band of brothers and sisters that came together and fought the good fight. Chapter 14, verse 7 Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. May you find people who encourage your dreams in God. When you say, Mom, Dad, or brother, sister, I'm going to be in full-time ministry. I'm going to be a missionary in Turkey. May their answers be, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I am with you, heart, and soul, and I will pray for you. But may we walk away from individuals who bring discouragement, who bring opposition, who hinders you from your faith in God. When resources run out, do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Look at our history. Look what we've come. Look what we've accomplished, and we're still accomplishing. I say to you today, to all that you have in mind, go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. Will you stand in faith in Christ? Will you, as Jonathan did, and as this young armor-bearer did, will you walk in faith in Christ? Will you surround yourself with righteous not self-righteous, but righteous in God's eyes because of Jesus Christ. Will you find individuals who are faithful individuals or will you surround yourself with crooked individuals? With our eyes closed, just want to read from Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, Whatever they do, prospers. Amen. With that, just with our eyes closed, I would like to invite the priest team to come out quietly. Let's take a moment right now to pause and to reflect on the goodness of God and in the whispers of our hearts. When resources run out and we lose relationships and people, who are toxic in our walk and our relationship with the lord may we not remain dismayed or discouraged May we find our hope in christ for he will send young armor bearers just as jonathan had he had one individual and later jonathan receives even more he receives david and i'm excited to see david to talk about david because jonathan and david their friendship oh you will want a friend like jonathan You will want a friend like David. May we find individuals who will be loyal as Jonathan is, as this young armor bearer was. May we take a moment right now in the whispers of our hearts to pause and to reflect and to give gratitude on the goodness in God and in the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just take a moment right now in our seats and in the whispers of our hearts. Let's take a moment to thank the Lord. Reflect upon his goodness. Reflect. Reflect and know that he is good and know that he is faithful.
1: to take, you've always been faithful, you'll always be faithful.
0: Let's pray together. The Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. We like nothing, He makes us, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, my being, my life. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For You are with me, Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord you give and the Lord you take away. For God, you are the giver of all things. So, God, we surrender our hearts and our lives, our souls to you. Lord, we trust in your word. Faithful you have been. Faithful you are right now as you speak. And God, faithful you will always be. Lord, I pray that we'll surround ourselves with the faithful companions who will be able to do the work, the work that you have called us to do. When resources run out, God, we are never afraid. For God, you are the one who is the holder of all blessings, of all resources. So God, we place our faith, our trust, into your loving and your patient arms oh god thank you for your love thank you for your guidance thank you for encouraging us through the story in 1 samuel 13 and 14 the contrast between saul and jonathan and the armor bearer lord let us be even be a glimpse have a taste even a little bit of glimpse our names, it doesn't even need to be mentioned, God, but may we have even a little bit of glimpse of faith like this young armor-bearer, oh God. Lord, may we walk in faith. May we continue to trust in you. We thank you. We thank you for your living message and for the hope that we have in Christ. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen.